What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Moving Mountains podcast. I'm your host, Michael. Oh, oh my goodness, do I have a treat for you today. I am in Accra, Ghana, in the motherland, and today I get to sit down with the self-proclaimed Prince of Africa, the entrepreneur, the businessman, the mogul, the, the visionary, the revolutionary, Freedom Jacob Caesar. He is the founder of the Kwale's Group, Wonderworld Estates, Petronia City, and the New Africa Foundation. His goal is to revolutionize the minds of the African people by building the infrastructure of the nation. So far through his companies, he has built more than 500 residential units. And today I am thrilled to sit with him at one of his most prestigious locations, right here at the number one Oxford Street in Osu in Accra, where I get to delve into his mindset, how he came really from his humble beginnings and has built this multi-billion dollar empire. You wanna stay tuned for this one. What's going on, people? This is your boy, Michael O, your chief motivational officer. Listen, I am excited to bring you a brand new podcast, Moving Mountains, hosted by myself. Find me on Spotify, find us on iTunes, find us on YouTube. Connect with us, Moving Mountains Podcast. But I remember when I bought the house with a swimming pool, and I called you and I was like, yo, I want you to come now to the house, man. I bought a house with a swimming pool. You know, it's 8,000 square foot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember your response, man. Yeah, but his his response to me was, "Oh, but you know, eight thousand square foot, you pass that stage." I'm like, brother. <laughs> oh my god! But I absolutely love the inspiration that you permeate all around you, and everything you do, and everybody you come into contact with. Every time that people have come around you, even some of my friends who I've introduced you to everybody leaves on a completely different kind of mindset shift. Who inspires you in the way that you inspire us? Well, first of all, I think my inspiration comes from nature and humanity. And it's how, like, you know, I sort of perceive nature and human beings. Because these are the two best things in the world we live in. Okay? The animals, the trees, the people. The day, the night, the wind, <laughs> the fashion, you know, everything to do with anything that makes life become life. That's where I get my inspiration from. And just to come back to what you're saying, mm. you know, some people might get offended if they're quite egoistic mm. when I say things like that. But for me, it's to internally, mentally motivate and inspire you. Because one of the things, and well, some of, the, some of the reasons why I probably do what I do is because nothing is ever enough for me. Once it's done, it's done. You know, so you want a Versace, now you got a Versace. You want to keep buying Versace, keep buying Versace. But I think you can do better. <laughs> I feel you. You know, you know, so once you have something that you have been able to acquire, it means that there is more room because you came from nothing. And I want to keep pushing people to keep doing more. But even, more. But even on a deeper level, <clears throat> um, and we had this conversation, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit, I was a little bit offended in the moment, but I had to take it, I had to go and digest it a little bit. It was a time we were having a conversation about um, just about 
doing stuff, doing business, doing whatever. And we were having a conversation and he was like, Michael, listen, you can't even engage in this conversation. Your focus is building house or this, a life for you and your family. I'm thinking about building nations. I'm thinking about, it's, it's bigger than me. It's, it's on an even greater and bigger level. It's, it's beyond the personal level at this point. And I found that really intriguing and interesting because for a lot of us, when you didn't come from much, you just want to be able to acquire something, become comfortable, look after yourself and your family, leave something for your children, maybe your grandchildren. And that's usually the limit where we sort of limit ourselves to. Sure. Right. You're thinking on a national level. He but, called. But what, you, what did that do to you? It's part something so, so, anymore. So, so We're now, doing this podcast now, aren't so, so we? Now, We're just going out to so now millions of people. So now you just don't want an 800 square foot Damn home right. anymore. Damn right. Uh, sorry, 8,000 square foot anymore, which is 800 square meters. Yeah. Now, you also just don't want to take 200,000 or 400,000 for your podcast because now you're beginning to value the, the words, the impact of the knowledge that you're sharing more so than the price that someone has capped on you. Absolutely. You know, so I just wanted to trigger you in that part of your soul and sort of mentally push you to the wall because the best time to take the best decisions is when your back is against the wall okay. and somebody have to push you sometimes so i do that i push people you know our people don't push us they pull us down yeah <laughs> but we're supposed to be pushed yeah in the black society i believe that when you're not being pushed then you're not acknowledged for what you're capable of and your capabilities your abilities and your capacities it's basically the horsepower of you as a human you know you might run faster than a car you know, but people might not see because they only see you walking, but truly you're flying, you know, and that's the push that we need. And that's what I do for society, for people. And I feel like when people get closer to me, you know, they should see that it's a historic moment. You know, this is how I live my life. You know, they dream of a movie. I live it. Yeah. You know, and so you want a story to tell his story is the history you need. And that's, what I think that we should be doing for each other. Like again, you might be offended, but when you feel insulted, you act different. When you feel assaulted, you act different. When you feel uplifted, you act different. But that same one word can give you these three feelings or emotions. It can trigger them. It's just how you receive the word. It's just how you perceive it. You know, so some people let words take them down how people say things to them. They let, they let it take, take them down. If someone told me I was ugly, hell no, I will find a way to make sure that I become <laughs> one of the best looking people. Because he's brought an awareness in my life. Right, right. Like, how dare you? You know, you can't create me. I will show you what beta is. Mm. You know, so even though he was saying it to break me down, he's lifted me up with it. And that's how I say it. I turn negativity to positivity. And that's what Freedom Jacob Caesar is about, you know, adding value to you from in within mm. and let your inner spirit mm. start to fight with your body yeah. and let your heart start to compete with your mind. Let your mind start to run with your soul. You're trying to take it to a different level. And if we can't take it to a different level, then we're not playing with levels. We've got to play with levels. <laughs> it's, it, it's a beautiful thing when it comes to maturity. You know, we're growing every day and we can't stay the same. What do you want your legacy to be? When all of this is said and done, what do you want Freedom Jacob Caesar 
to have been to have represented I want my legacy to be an investment that is transcending through nations and generations it's not about my properties it's not about my riches it's about my great sense of wisdom that has become impactful that is actually raising and building nations new faces new generation you know so I'm alive yeah. you know I want to be here you know I, I want to be like the Kwame Nkrumah's right you know I want to be bigger than the Gandhi's I want my story to stay with my nations I don't want my money to stay in the pockets of those that don't know how I worked for it right it's not that important for right. me I want my investment as my words my caring my wisdom my knowledge to change an entire nation and change the face of a generation that although you might have misunderstood me but later you will understand me yeah you know because most people think cheese is cheddar but cheddar is cheese and i already kind of make people understand that you know the mechanism of building a character is not just should not just be based on fame you know or some kind of image it should be impactful you know i like the story of jesus christ it's right. so impactful right you know i like nelson mandela he's impactful most patient person and so if you can tell he's not here you can feel his absence because the people are not the same they're losing it because he's not here but the fact that they're losing it his face comes back yeah his presence here gives people hope even to this day even in his absence why did you feel the need to change your name to Freedom Jacob Caesar. What is the difference between Nana Kwame Bediako and Freedom Jacob Caesar? Well, Freedom Jacob Caesar is just my alter ego. And I don't see why people should have a problem with that or should wonder why I did that when they don't have a problem with Jay-Z from Sean Carter to Jay-Z. You know, nobody's asking questions when Jesus Christ went from Jesus to Jehovah. You know, nobody has a problem when, you know, uh, Al Pacino went from Al Pacino to Tony Montana. You know, so... It's like you rechristening yourself, you rebuilding yourself, refining yourself, redefining yourself. Right. It's not a crime. No, it's not. It's an art. Right. It's an art, and we should lead by an art. But you know, I don't even want to go deeper into Freedom Jacob Caesar because people are going to find out more about Freedom Jacob Caesar on the Freedom of Speech podcast that is coming. Yeah. But um, I'm excited for you guys to hear that as well. What do you know? Do you have a launch date for? freedom of speech no i mean i don't like planning so heavy i like to come heavy okay like, you know but but it's, it's, you should have been a rapper by the way you should have been a rapper the sad thing is that was not gonna your play, play on words is ridiculous man. Again, i should have really been a rapper <laughs> but that was not gonna play you know i learned how to rap though wrap some sheets around people you know <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it. <laughs> I did learn that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, um, there's so many reasons why I think it's very important for us to work on our image and create a perception. Because perception is life. And your life is based on your image. And your image leads you to your legacy. You know, you're remembered by who you truly became, not who you are. It's about who you're becoming. Right. So for me, it's part of the essence of living and me going from one um, 
one area into another realm, moving, you know, it's a transition. Mm. And every 10 years of my life, I exit. And every five years of my life, I execute a plan, which I think these are the basic rules that people should adapt to. So therefore, they know that their days are numbered and they're making the best use of it. You know, I'm about to share all these secrets about myself to the world. And, you know, of course, what's knowledge if you can't share it? And I don't want to die with it, but I want some young kids who are out there that truly believe in the character that you're seeing, that there is value behind it. It's that gimmick. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love that you talked about the sharing the knowledge because <clears throat> when, when I speak to, I don't even want to say just young people, when I speak to anybody, who I have ever tagged you in my story or anybody who's encountering you for the first time. The first question I get, I was with one of the, um, I was with this, I think I introduced you to the head of security to the Sheikh in Dubai, right? Yeah, you're telling me something like that. Yes. And he was like, and, and I showed you his, I showed him your page and he was like, who is this man? And I was like, he's the Prince of Africa. The Prince of Africa? I didn't know if Africa had a king, right? <laughs> <laughs> let alone to have a prince so the people's initial reaction is you are this larger and bigger than life character right i want to break it down to the young people because you brought them up who are who look at freedom jacob caesar who look at everything that you have achieved who look at everything that you are everything that you are building everything that you are doing and they want to be like this they want to be like you in their own version and what is admirable is the fact that you came from humble beginnings, right? You, these, you are these kids. These kids are you, right? This youth is you. What was that transition like? It, at which point did your mindset shift to think on, this, on the spectrum that you're thinking of? Because surely have you, you haven't always been this way. No. Yeah. You know, like I already said, you know, when you execute a plan every five years mm. when you exit a door every 10 years you might go through one of the doors and you realize that it's very lonely so then you might think that oh no it's me against the world now because one minute you thought you were lonely next minute everyone has turned their head to you and they're expecting something from you but then you ask yourself the question what do i have to give you <laughs> and what are you giving me in return, then you probably answer your own question because you realize that there's no one to answer your own question for you. And that's when you decide to be you truly, that this is what it is, take it or leave it. So I got to that point in life where I realized that, you know, your family can be your enemy. Your friend can be your enemy. Mm. Your girlfriend can turn around and be your enemy. Well, shit then. And your enemy can be your frenemy. Right. So he's sitting right next to you. And so it was like a color-coded uh, attributions and contributions in life that might not let you reach your destiny because now it's coded. You need to twist it for people to start finding your code. <laughs> because if not then you're you're here to find other people's gold and you get trapped so you know that's when the whole 
things started. Like, I first of all, I'm very spiritual, so I said to God that I want a crown. You know, I want to be like the Davids. Right. You know, I've done all the things you asked me to do. You know, I've been forgiven. I've been punished. I've hustled. I've struggled. I've starved. I've been satisfied. I've had joy and I've had bad times. Sad times. I've been worried, but I've been happy. And I never gave up in life. I still said that I'm going to inspire them. I'm going to change them. I'm going to add value to me, turn around and significantly add value to other people until the world is beginning to shift in my own face. So, you know, I have a covenant with an omnipotent power where I believe that the universe is behind me. So when it gets to that point, you know, it's not about the media, it's not about the government, and it's not about the public. It's about you. That's where, that's where it's at now. Yeah. It's about me. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that I'm most relevant, but I'm telling you that I'm here, and I've arrived. And my story is to be told, not to be sold. It's to be told, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> I'm not here to sell you a history. I'm here for them to tell my history. Mm. You know, this character is being built. This image is coming out. Mm. You know, this new black Jesus, whatever you see me at, is coming out. And my inspiration is not just for the average person. It's also for the weirdos. It's also for the slim, the big. I don't discriminate. It's for the world. But I just need to tell them that there's a black new Jesus who have arise. And this time, I'm not extremely religious, and I'm not political, but I've arrived. For the generation today that are millennial-minded, that are looking into the future, I'm your new Columbus. You know, I'm your new Einstein. You know, you're not just going to catch me in a corner like some guy that made money and showing off with some Rolex. No, I'm not one of those guys. In fact, I don't wear the Rolex to tell the time. I wear it because I want you to, to know what time it is. And so, <laughs> and so All right. I am trying to let people understand that, you know, we're in 2022. Mm. And in the 20th century, where every 10 years is 100 years, life is faster than the light. It's traveling faster than the yeah. light, the speed of light. Yeah. And so it's a whole movement. And the only way I can make my movement come into existence is to make a movement out of the moment. And this is the moment we're living. So Freedom Jacob Caesar is here. You know, I'm here with proof. I'm here with achievement. I'm not asking for acknowledgement, but it's coming. You know, I'm not asking for you to prove my reference. I am the reference. I'm not asking you to build me the business. I am the business. I'm not asking you for money. I am the money. I'm playing distance. And the only reason why Freedom Jacob Caesar is the Prince of Africa is because I'm wearing a crown. <laughs> That's what it is. You were all scared. You had the confidence. But you were running away, hiding yourself, saying, I'm from Ghana. I'm from America. I'm black, I'm black British. I'm this. I'm that. I'm, I'm from Japan, and you're black. And I'm from Jamaica, and you're black. Okay, I'm an African. But I'm the Prince. <laughs> That's my post. That's my description. That's who I am. That's what it is. I've claimed the title. And guess what? I didn't claim it from some institution or some individual. I claimed it from the omnipotence, the universe, the mightiness, 
there is that force behind me and this is history in the making i'm not saying that i'm ready to stop i am not saying i'm tupac or biggie or michael jackson i'm saying i'm freedom jacob caesar the prince of africa that's who i am and you're I- building this new <laughs> I wish I had an audience to clap for that. That's literally what that's literally what I wish I had right now. It's fucking inspiring. And you're building this new Africa which you're so um which you're so moved to create and not just not just in the people's minds, but you're actually building infrastructure. Like we we sat down and we looked at some of the projects like the Petronia City project and all of these incredible stuff, building in the industrialization on a multi billion dollar level. When you sit back, when you look back 10 years from now from from your new Africa movement that you're building headed by Freedom Jacob Caesar, what do you want to see change in the people's lives? Well, first of all, Africans are dominated by different anti-establishment terrorism. The opposers of not becoming are uh, affected to education, to religion, to things that we naturally survive by. you know it's natural but now we have to pay for it yeah. so we we're, we're paying to learn a syllabus that might not be related to our lives absolutely and that first of all i believe is a mental slavery you know i need to emancipate humanity from that section and be able to help them to use their head more than their pockets you know to use their head their brain and to use their hearts more than they use their body you know so you you actually make use of your engines the organs in your body remember we're talking about wifi and the beat <laughs> so 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 really like um it's one of the things that I want to do for humanity that's like moving million foot forward you know and changing their mindset developing them mentally then i want to come to social development you know why is africa so huge so rich but they don't have the infrastructure why to, is that yeah to distribute things and they don't have the industrial platform to refine and build things you know it would be very stupid of us and our leaders and the entire black race to sit here and think that god will come down and turn Africa to America if we don't get on our feet to turn our own resources and refine them into things that the world would also demand from us our nations would benefit from it you know we can't just sit here and expect to benefit from loans that our leaders are taking from IMF and foreign financial institutions and you know trying to build an economy without a great thought of prosperity you know trying to shape an economy without a balance you know we need sustainability and without us having industrialized minds we cannot have urbanized cities <clears throat> and urbanized living beings it's sad when you look at this and i don't blame anyone i don't expect the government to be the one that would do it i don't expect you to do it but i expect someone to start something that would motivate inspire and impact generations who are coming so they don't repeat the mistakes of our fathers you know so they can fulfill the dreams of our fathers 
we have to do something. We've got to give back, right? You know, and I decided to be that person. You know, I didn't come to chase money. I didn't come to make myself rich. I came to finish the dreams of my ancestors. I feel like that's my job. I feel like that's what I've been sent here to do. I feel like maybe I've been here before and I'm coming back to finish what I started. It looks that way because you make everything look so effortless. Like one of the things that people talk about the most, especially a lot of the people who are coming back to Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, from across the diaspora, one of the things that they talk about the most is how difficult it is to be able to start, sustain and maintain a business in Africa. And you just keep churning these things out. You've got the formula on lockdown and you keep replicating and duplicating and expanding it at a ridiculous level. And I also know that you got educated in the UK and then came back to Africa, partially educated, well, your, your college and the university education, yeah. right? And then you came back to, to Ghana to establish what you've done here. What has been the most challenging thing that you've had to face in, in building Senpai? Well, first of all, talking about difficulties, life is difficult. And so is the woman that gave birth to you. It was not easy for her to push you up. Right. It was very difficult. And we need to accept that as human beings. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're white or black. You know, you might think your life is difficult. Also, someone wakes up every morning and he's been working for 45 years nonstop. He only gets a one month off as a holiday. But he's been doing it for 45 years. You think it's not difficult? It's difficult just to put food on the table. So everyone is going through difficulties. Now, the only way to make the difficulties seem effortless is to take it easy. Face the difficulties, but make it easier. It's just like absorbing pain. You know, life is full of pain. And if you can absorb pain after some time, it's just joy. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and so that's what I'm doing. But to answer your question, like, you know, for me, um, coming from England back to Africa, I left Africa to England. It's right, I come back to where I belong. Right. That's the first rule. And I don't want to come back to where I belong with nothing. It didn't make sense to me. So I grew up, you know, listening to some great people like Martin Luther, Bob Marley, Kwame Nkrumah, and all these great people. And everyone had a vision and a statement, you know? Martin Luther was like, I had a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. And yes, that dream has probably become a reality today. Yes. Okay? Yeah. But unlike Martin Luther, I didn't have any more dreams. I had a vision. So I moved with my vision. And I moved to Africa, you know, at a time that everybody wanted to be in Europe or America. Right. Right. You know, don't be jealous if you think I'm successful today. You know, I paid the cost to be the boss. Now I don't want to be the boss anymore. You know, now I want to be your leader. But a leader is not someone that is leading you into tomorrow. A leader is someone that can come to your level to listen to you, have a conversation with you, see your needs and try to make sure that whatever they implement becomes your benefit. That's a true leader. Yeah. And that's who I am. That's who I've become. You know, and I'm not blowing my horns and I'm not telling people come and help me. But I'm just asking people, if you find anything that is good from what I'm doing, please try to replicate it and try to implement it so you can run through our race.
What was what was your first business? What got your feet wet into this world of entrepreneurship? Well, I think that the greatest entrepreneurs never know their first business until some part of their lives. You know, because you know, being an entrepreneur is not a degree that one can just acquire. It's also not a syllabus that you can learn. It's truly a mentality. You know, and people cannot take that away from you. You know, your ethics for corporatism, your skills for business orientation, and your value for money. It's completely different from the average person who is thinking of a business that will make them become successful. Right. Okay, because that guy might be chasing money. But most entrepreneurs, they're chasing passion. You know, they, that's truly what it is. You know, they have something on their mind and they see, they can feel it, that this can be a part of life. This can be a part of my existence. And so they don't really calculate the cost, neither do they care about the returns. They just think about executing what is inside them that they're passionate about. Interesting, interesting. So, in your opinion, do you think entrepreneurship can be taught? Can be. Can be. Can it be taught? No, I think it should be. So either you're an entrepreneur or you're not. No, I think it should come from appreciation. You know, appreciation. It's such an internal value that. People cannot see it. They cannot feel it. You know, let's say you gave me a phone. And I just said, thank you. But I have a tear dropping in me. Because you've just given me a phone. And I didn't have any chance or any value of owning one at that very moment. So I feel like you saved my life. But that appreciation makes me want to work so hard. So one day, I might not just give someone a phone. I might want to give them a car. Okay, so appreciation is a very powerful thing that if we learn to appreciate, you know, uh, entrepreneur um, skills that is coming from entrepreneurs, then we can adapt to something that they're doing, you know, not per se doing what they do, but we can replicate that spiritual, physical and mental movement. Of someone that we appreciate in our own version yeah 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 so I think it comes from there it's not a syllabus you can't be coached you know you, you need to let it come from your passion you need to let your passion drive you okay so that's how come my first business was when I was eight years and I didn't know and my mom was so broke penniless broke in fact I don't want to say much on your podcast because it's in, our, it's in the book freedom Jacob Caesar the rice the African Prince. So this is a book that tells you how some guys stood up and rose as an African Prince from grass to grace. Not from racks to riches, not grass to grace. Come on. You know, something very powerful. And I'm in my own world, but it's the world that is now being open to other people that live in this world. And that's the point I mean that if I'm against the world, it's me against the world. Right. Because I'm building my own world and I got some of the skills from that passion of being able to bring out what is in my mind. But it was it was the poultry farm. 
you know, and I didn't know it was a poultry farm because I just bought a hand in a cock just because my brother spent our last money that my father just gave us to buy a bread and a fried egg. And I was angry because he promised that he would add his to mine and give it to my mother, you know, and in the end, I realized he was a selfish bastard to go and buy the bread and the fried egg because it was luxury at that time, you know, coming from a family like mine, my mom. But I didn't let that kill my vision or how I felt. For the first time, my anger turned to my hunger. You know, but when people are angry, they react. I learned to let my anger fill me up, satisfy me, like, okay, how did this guy get the eggs? Then I remember from kindergarten, they said, get your own hen and cock, and that's how you get eggs. So that's all my mind was on. I didn't really know that the hen and cock would really bring the eggs, but that's what I know. So now I have to get the hen and cock. You know, and uh, every time I went to the markets with that money, they would go away. You know, I, I, I didn't know what, why the people were sucking me like, go, 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 leave. I, but I had money to buy the hen and cock. So I, I look at these people. <laughs> What's wrong with them? So it's only recently one day I was looking at one of my sons, who is 12 years old, and I saw how small he was. Mm. And so I said, wow. So... When I was eight, I was much smaller than this guy. And I went to the market telling them I want a hand on the clock. So that's why they were sucking me. Like, go away, go away. So eventually I asked my mom, please, can you do this for me? And she took me. And she bought it. She added 100 cities to my money. And I was just waiting for the egg. And, you know, because of passion, I studied the hand on the clock. And I see them put their leg and scoop a grain from the soil. These two particles were almost the same size. But the, 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 the hen and the cock, they, I don't know how sharp their eyes were. Just go, and he picks it. So I studied everything. And I said, when are they going to lay eggs? And every time I see the, the, the feather go like this, the cock, and it goes on the hen. And then he does something I can't see. <laughs> but as soon as he gets up, the hen shits. A little shit. <laughs> I was asking myself, when is this egg going to come? So the egg finally came on. <laughs> and when the, when the egg came, you know, I said to myself, wow, I've got an egg. That same day, I saw a second egg. That's right. And the next day, I saw like four eggs. So I said to my mom, please help me get a cage. So he called a guy who was a carpenter to do the cage for me. I didn't even have any money at that time to do the cage, so my mom is building me a cage. But me, I have my hand and cock and eggs. <laughs> and that's all I need, like right. protection. But when the guy was building the cage, we were talking. You know, I was just sitting by him and talking. And he just sort of gushed out and said, you know, this eggs, if you let the hen stay on this egg for 23 days, they become chickens. There are no more eggs. And I was looking at the guy for like 30 seconds. I said, do you mean this eggs can also become another animal? He said, yeah. So I made my mind up, but I was just looking at him. <laughs> that, you know what? I don't fucking want eggs anymore. <laughs> right. I want chickens. <laughs> I want chickens. Wow. I want chickens. Yeah. So, you know, 
And that's what inspired me to wait. And the 23 days, in the next four days, I had 11 eggs. I counted it 23 days, and I never saw no chickens. And every day I was counting. And I come back from school, and the first thing I go is to go and look at the eggs. Yeah. There were still eggs. They had become even black. I think the, 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 the hen was shitting on the eggs on top. <laughs> they look scrappy. And they don't, they don't look like you can eat them anymore. Right. So, and I don't want to lose from the eggs. Absolutely. And no chicken. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> one day, I came from school, and all the eggs were open. For a minute, I was mad. Because they were opening in such a way that it looked like someone had come and cracked it open. Yeah, and I thought it was my brother because, you know, he always kind of let me down. Right, right. Then I heard this squeaking noise. And something said, turn back, turn around. I turned around and I saw all the living chickens following the hen. You know, it's rather unfortunate I'm sharing this story with you on your podcast. But for the first time, I had a, I had a thrill that I'm still chasing that thrill. You know, I had this thrill like, and Two has become 13. Yeah, but to cut the long story short, I was doing something. Every morning, I threw the maze on the floor, and every evening, I did the same thing repetitively. And in six months, we had 267 chickens. Eggs, we can't count. I had about eight cages. My mom was trading. Sometimes she cooks the food for the whole area. They come and eat. Wow. You know? And I stand back and sometimes I just laugh. Wow. And I said to myself, I was nine years there. Wow. I said to myself, wow. I got them eating the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and the eggs. This is the formula of life. This is the formula of entrepreneurship. So, for me, I just want some people who are listening to me today to learn something that I've earned. Something that I've built in me that can never leave me. I realized when I grew up that was business. Because my mom used to have problems paying the fees. But she never talked about it again right. for the next two years. Right. You know, so things were probably cool. But I was so young, I didn't even know what money was then. I just knew that we were broke and poverty was a curse and I was not ready to live with a curse. I knew that I had to turn it to a gift. Yeah. And it started so early. But who am I to go around blowing my horns to tell people about what I'm capable of or what I've done in the past? So I moved on in life. But I kept some of these rules with me. Being disciplined, being passionate, learning about things. I became more intelligent than my age group. You know, I knew that seed April, mangoes were ripening. I knew that apple came out in fifth June. You know, I started to talk to nature and respected animals. And animals is the least thing that we respect. Right. Because we think that they're supposed to be killed. Right. And eat. eaten. Yeah. <clears throat> but I learned to multiply them. Today, I'm over 40 and I'm still with animals. It's just that they're not chickens anymore. They're tigers now. <laughs> I love that shit. You made, you made news on yeah, that one. Yeah. That's my new two pets. Yeah. You know, so 
it's just the respect of heart for society, for nations, for nature, and for humanity. You know, it makes me quite eccentric to people when they compare me to others because they're going to think, what kind of human keeps two tigers in his house? Yes, my name is not Hey Selassie, my name is Freedom Jacob Caesar. You know, and if you have a problem with that, go find your own solution right. with your own problem. Right. But I've got the tigers right. now. Right. I don't have chickens anymore. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> when, I, when you sent me a video of the tigers, and, it's, and also because I've always wanted wild animals, that's one of the reasons I moved to Dubai, right? Because it's, it's practice over there. People have wild animals. So when I saw you sent me the video, I'm like, man, this guy, I'm like, you know what? I don't even need to get them anymore because your tigers are my tigers. <laughs> so, your tigers are my tigers. So I absolutely love it. I want to end the podcast with talking about the future. I'm, I'm big on I'm big on cryptocurrency. I'm big on blockchain and all of that technology. And you have just released a Freedom Coin. What what is that going to do for the people? What do you what are your intentions with that? I haven't actually released the Freedom Coin. I've only brought out the awareness and warn everybody it's coming. Yeah. For me, it's a currency, and currencies are built. They're built with value. So crypto has created Bitcoin and all other names, whatever they call them. But they found a way to create value around it. <laughs> so it's become a currency. Yeah. Okay? And that's what it is. But it doesn't mean that the freedom coin is just going to be like the American crypto. I believe in Africa, and I would do things that are tailored to the culture of my people. You know, uh, not to sit here and blow my horns and share my secrets, but I want people to understand that I'm coming. Freedom is coming. You know, the freedom of wealth, the freedom of riches, the freedom of fashion, you know, being in control of your own culture, being in control of your own destiny. And it's a value, a currency that I want to give to one big nation in Africa. You know, I can sit here and talk to you all day. In fact, I talk to you all day whenever I get the chance. But I think that's enough for one. That's enough impact and enough wisdom to digest on one podcast. We need to do a part two because there is so much wisdom to delve into. It's like a well that never runs dry. I want to thank you for this opportunity, you know, for showing my face to your audience and the sort of people that are following you because of the knowledge that you're kicking to them. You know, so thank you very much for letting me come on your platform and expressing myself. I want to congratulate you, you know, just to sit in front of me and to be vibing with me and trying to get into the seat sense of myself. Kudos. (laughs) 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 All right. All new episodes drops every Monday and Wednesday, available on all platforms.